history. First, we note that if the kingdom is here in Jesus, we expect some fantastic miracles to be happening as a part of that introduction to the kingdom of God by him. Okay, Jesus shows up in town. Who is he? Well, he says he's the son of God, the king of the universe, the creator, the savior of the world. What is he going to do to prove that? And by the way, some people's hearts were so hardened against accepting Jesus. He said, you people expect me to do signs. In other words, you're looking for a carnival or a circus show. You expect that I'm going to put that on. And to those of you who want that, it will not be given because of their lack of faith and lack of belief. But Jesus is okay in most instances with proving he is who he says he is. So the point of what is being said by Matthew is the point that there is no disease or sickness that Jesus could not heal. There is nothing on earth that Jesus can't heal. And he's proving it because these masses of people are bringing you know, all kinds of sick people to him. He has no idea who's going to show up that day, what kind of ailment they have. And by the way, it could be a spiritual problem. It could be an emotional sickness. It could be a physical sickness. Jesus healed it all. Can you imagine Jesus going out and healing somebody who had obsessive compulsive behavior disorder or somebody that has bipolar or somebody that's borderline and all these other psychological problems and Jesus heals those as much as he can heal a broken leg or a broken arm or some other kind of disease. Whatever the problem they brought to Jesus, Jesus healed it. The word in Greek for healing is therapeo. It's where we get our word therapy from it. Our lesson here is that there is no problem Jesus can't handle. It doesn't matter whether it's spiritual, emotional, or physical, uh, there are, or whether they're all three rolled together in some people. Jesus can handle it. This is what the Old Testament predicted about Messiah, that he would, he would, he would raise up those who were sick. He would raise up the dead. He would heal those who were blind. He would heal those who were lame. Uh, this is what it promised. So Jesus needed to do that to prove who he was. He's the genuine article. He is God in human flesh. And some of us need to hear and need to understand and need to accept, regardless of what you've been through in life, regardless of whether or not you thought you cried and Jesus didn't show up, or you needed his help and he wasn't listening. Uh, none of that, by the way, is true. You need to understand that you can trust Jesus. There are people that don't trust anyone. And some people just trust certain people. But the Bible presents Jesus Christ as the one you can trust completely. In verse 24, Jesus' healing ministry is spreading like wildfire and dry grass on a windy day. Uh, that was the thing that probably scared me the most when I was a volunteer fireman, being out in a pasture with a fire and watching that wind whip through there 40, 50 miles an hour and pushing that fire through that grass. And the grass just went up in an instant, and it was gone. You couldn't hardly keep up with it. And Jesus and his ministry is spreading like that all over, all over Israel. Now, I want you to know that my current view, and it's always been my view, of the cessation of the miraculous gifts. I believe in the cessation of the miraculous gifts. I think that after the truth of the word of God was given in its entirety, there was no more need for the miraculous spiritual gifts. Now, listen to what I have to say. I don't believe they're given out as a regular gifting of the Spirit of God today. What remains is faith, hope, and love. However, having said that, 
uh, and not, 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 well, probably lots of people wouldn't, wouldn't agree with me on that, which doesn't bother me. But I don't think that that means that God doesn't do miracles. Did you hear me say that? I'm saying that I don't think people have the charismatic gift of healings, of raising from the dead, of all those things that were sign gifts for the apostles to put the stamp of approval on God that I'm moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But I believe with all my heart God can steal, still, still, heal people anytime he wants to. God could make a lame person rise up and walk. God could give sight to the blind. God could do any of those things he wants. I'm just saying I don't think it's given out as a regular charismatic type gift. I don't think that believers are being given that gift of healing today for two reasons. Number one, Jesus said the miraculous gifts would end in 1 Corinthians 13. And I have never seen healing today by any so-called faith healer uh, as it is described and performed in the New Testament. I've never seen a, a faith healer go out and do some work, sweat in his handkerchief, give it to somebody, they take it to somebody else, and they lay the handkerchief on them like they did with Paul, and that person springs up to life, and their sickness is over. I've, I haven't seen one faith healer that could do that. If you can't do it the way the New Testament did it, there's something wrong. And what's wrong is you're trying to do something that the New Testament said ended. However, listen, I believe God can do anything he wants any time he wants. So when Noel and I were in the Central African Republic, if there was somebody there that spoke Songo, I don't speak Songo, and I needed to tell the gospel, I think God could have made me talk in a way that they could have heard it and understood it. I wouldn't come back and tell you all, I've got the gift of speaking in tongues. No, I don't. Uh, I would have told you God did a miracle and let somebody hear in their own language or let me speak their language as a special thing that he did because he wanted to reach that person. Yes, I think that does happen. Uh, but I, I don't believe it's a gift. Well, all right, let's get on with this, okay? Uh, people don't always have to exhibit faith in God before he physically heals them, which is another thing faith healers will tell you. Well, you didn't get healed because you didn't have the faith. That's, uh, that's baloney. And I like baloney, but not that kind. That's baloney. If you can prove to me that a person that is being raised from the dead by Jesus Christ or by the Apostle Peter or the Apostle Paul first exhibited their faith as a dead person in order to be raised to, dead, to, to life, then I'll believe what you have to say. I don't, I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where they went to a dead person and they asked him, uh, can you hear me? Do you have the faith to believe you can be raised from the dead? No. He said, Talitha Kumi, little girl, get up. And she came back to life. But healing ministries attract people by the droves today. And I think it's because of what my dad used to say. A drowning man grasps at straws. And some travel hundreds of miles and spend money they don't have and go to a faith healer and they don't get healed. Or it's temporary. My view for today is that God can and does heal people, but not as a result of a charismatic gift of healing. If I didn't believe that God heals people, I wouldn't bother coming to the hospital to pray for anybody. What good would that be? I might just you know, bring a cup of coffee and we can talk about other stuff. But I believe God can and does heal. I can tell you this. Jesus had a healing ministry, a New Testament healing ministry, and there was no such thing as somebody they brought to Jesus that Jesus couldn't heal. He emptied hospitals in the area 
with his gift. And if we have faith healers among us today, why don't they empty the hospitals? What are you waiting on? I had one guy tell me, I have the gift of healing. I said, then go to the hospital and empty the place out. And he said, oh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> what? What do you mean it doesn't work that way? That's what Jesus did. That's what others did. If people really had the New Testament gift of healing, why, weren't, why aren't the hospitals emptied? People I, I've met said that to me. I said, well, when can it work? He said, only when it's the will of God. I said, well, then that's what I'm asking for when I go and pray with them. What are the types of things that Jesus healed in this passage? Well, to know, we have to look at the words that are used. What I'm trying to say is that everything that Jesus had come his way, he took care of. There are faith healers, supposedly faith healers today. They don't do that. And there's a problem with that. In verse 23, we have the word disease, Jesus healed disease. And that word means a physical malady as well as moral maladies. You know, we often don't think about the healing ministry of of Jesus Christ in the area of the emotional and the psychological. It included anything that proved to socially devalue a person. All right, so Jesus is healing those kinds of things. It was used even of adultery, calling it in the Bible a diseased inclination. (laughs) Adultery is a diseased inclination. Jesus could heal that as well. Also in verse 23, we have the word sickness, which means a weakness or debility, inner inner weakness or faint-heartedness, also a lack of energy. These could be emotional weaknesses, even like depression or anxiety. And by the way, if you have any of those things, I'm not saying that you're not a Christian or you're not spiritual. That's not it at all. I'm just saying this is the kind of stuff Jesus can heal. Will he heal it in in you or me? That's up to his will. It's not up to me. There are more in verse 24. He says the word ill. That word ill in Greek means harm in a physical sense, to suffer severely. Bad in a moral sense, and also used to describe torment performed on humans by demons. That God can heal the torment of a demon on a person. He uses the word disease, and this is the same Greek word as in verse 23, but here it refers to just various diseases. You name the disease, Jesus can heal it. And then pains, which is distress by force of circumstance or torment. Then he uses the word, uh, he, he says in my New American anyway, demoniacs, all right? That word in the Greek is uh, diamonmizo, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not pronouncing it right because I'm all tongue-tied, Demonimid, <laughs> demonization, <laughs> go with that, uh, which is the presence in a person of an evil spirit who has ground to be there through a person's sin all right, or that of their ancestors. Now, what I believe is that Christians can have this. Listen to me. Not in your spirit. Your spirit is owned by God. A demon cannot possess a believer's spirit, but they can sure take up ground and demonize a Christian in their sinful, wicked flesh. If you give ground in your life to adultery, or you give it to lying, or you give it to negative thoughts, the enemy can come and and take up a residence in your flesh and cause problems for you, make it worse for you, but you can get rid of it. 
You confess your sin to the Father, ask him to remove that influence, and he just takes it away. And then, then I can be free of what I have. And that's uh, something that not lots of people agree with either. Again, that doesn't bother me. Then there is epilepsy, known in ancient times as they called it being moonstruck. Today it refers to a group of neurological disorders characterized by epileptic seizures, which are due to abnormal electrical activity in a person's brain. Jesus could heal that. And then paralytics, events of being affected with paralysis. All right, paralysis can come because of a medical disorder or it can come from what we call a conversion reaction where I convert emotional pain into a physical problem. And uh, when I was uh, studying this in seminary, uh, they had a lady they were working with, she just shut her arm off because of the pain that she was experiencing because she had thoughts of putting her baby to death and that was so horrific to her and so repulsive to her, uh, she just mentally shut her arm off. And so she's checking with doctors, check my arm, what's wrong, my arm won't work. And it turns out it's not your arm, it's, what, it's that thought that you had, you need to get that healed, you need to take that to Jesus, which is what uh, the two psychiatrists that taught us in seminary, uh, who were also believers, took care of for her, uh, the emotional and the spiritual side of that, and one of them told her, I want you to go take a nap because she's in the mental hospital. Go take a nap. And when you wake up, uh, after your nap, your, your arm will be healed. <laughs> and it was. Well, how did it get healed? Well, because Jesus healed the pain in her heart that she shut it off. Somebody dealt with her about those feelings of putting a colicky child to death because you just couldn't take any more. Well, anyway, there are uh, also reasons for paralyzing. Uh, it is used now as a part of anesthesiology in surgery practices. A couple of weeks ago or so, whenever it was I had my surgery, uh, the surgeon paralyzed me uh, so that he wouldn't, you know, have me moving while he's sewing on my hernias and, you know, nick a bowel or sew it to my chest or something like that. Now, luckily, they didn't leave me paralyzed. I was happy about that. And somebody was breathing for me while I was gone. But uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Sarah. But the whole point is this, Jesus healed it all. Jesus dealt with ailments in spiritual, emotional, and physical areas. Jesus heals it all. And I want you to know that Jesus can heal anything. But it has to be his will whether he wants to heal it or not. Sometimes he asks you to carry things. You remember Paul saying, I prayed three times to God to take away my physical ailment. Who's, who did I say? Paul. Paul, the great apostle Paul, the great apostle Paul, he prayed three times that he would be healed, and God said, no, no, no. My grace is sufficient for you, for in your weakness, my strength is made known. So sometimes we have problems that God wants us to have. All right, moving on. Can you imagine how draining this was to Jesus and the disciples? I'd like you to think about this. Jesus could have just said, all right, get all the sick people gathered in one big group. And he could have healed them all at one time and said, you know, by the power of God in me, I, I, I command that you all be healed of whatever you have. But I want you to notice he didn't do that. Jesus healed them one person at a time. You know why? Because he cares about you. He cares about the group, but he cares about you. And you're an individual. <laughs> and he loves you. 
He could have, but he didn't. He did it individually. Every miraculous healing which keeps a person from eternity in hell is a personal miraculous healing. Salvation is a miracle. It is the individual healing because he cares about you. In verse 25, large crowds are following Jesus from a large geographical area. Um, Matthew has two places where he talks about here in verse 23 and going throughout the land, teaching and preaching. He does that in 935 as well. These tell us about the mission of Jesus, which was to get the good news out. Jesus wants us to be all about the mission and the message. And as our days grow closer to the end, of, uh, and maybe rapture soon, we need to be about the mission and the message. The strain on Jesus and the disciples with all the large crowds following him, with each individual wanting some personal attention from him, was exhausting. Galilee was the northern area around the top of the Sea of Galilee. Decapolis referred to the ten cities east and south of the Dead Sea. Uh, They were were a league of Hellenistic cities. And the other places I'm sure you're familiar with, the point is they were coming from everywhere. What is the motive for these people coming to Jesus? They want to get healed. I, I have an arm that's shriveled up. I want him to redo my arm. I have leprosy. I'd like to spend time with my family. I want you to take it away. I have, a, I have a broken arm that won't heal. Would you heal it so I can get back to my activities? They come because Jesus can heal them. That's what they're thinking about. Mostly, it is because of the opportunity to get physical healing, emotional healing. Jesus is about spiritual healing. Jesus thinks this. If I can demonstrate to you that I have the power to heal anything you bring to me, come on, bring it on, whatever you got, bring it on. There's there's no application, just bring whatever you have, and I'm going to heal every single one of them. And Jesus wants you to know if I can do that, I can heal your eternal soul, which is what this is all about. What I'm really trying to do is show you that this is nothing, but I want to heal your eternal soul. If, you can, if you're attracted to me because of this healing power, Jesus says, I've got, I've got better news for you. Repent of your sin and I'll heal you eternally in your soul, in your spirit. And I'll make it alive because now it's dead. Jesus is for physical healing. But he's trying to demonstrate to those who will see who he really is and that he wants his teaching to bring people to the Father for better, more eternal healing of the soul. That's why. If I had to choose between physical healing, if I had a a bad disease or cancer or something, or my eternal life with Christ, guess which healing I'm going to choose? The same one you would. I'll take the eternal over the temporal any time. And that kind of puts the temporal stuff in its place where it needs to be, as opposed to the eternal. We can learn here this. Number one, that Jesus is the Messiah, which he proved. He alone is the Savior of the world. There is no other. Number two, if it is his will, there is nothing that Jesus can't heal. So if you prayed for healing about a certain thing, I've had something in my life, in my physical life, I've prayed for years and years and years and years. I finally quit because I decided Jesus wants me to have it. Sure enough, he does. He's never completely healed it. That's okay. He's Jesus. I'm not. If that's what he wants, then okay, I'll accept it. There's nothing. Could he heal it if he wanted to? Yes, he doesn't want to, for whatever reason. Did he tell me what the reason was? No, I don't need to know. I just need to be faithful. That means healing with Jesus 
is not an issue of capability. It is an issue of applicability to his plan and his will. And finally, if Jesus can heal any illness or disease, he can also heal my spiritual problem. And I just want to remind you, there's, there's healing of different kinds in the world. Have you been healed spiritually? Has your soul been made alive through faith in Jesus Christ? Or is it still dead within you? If you want to come to the healing of Jesus Christ at the cross, which he will never turn anyone down for, you simply admit to God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. And today I believe that your son paid for all my sins on the cross. And Jesus, would you come and take up residence in my life? And Jesus will forgive you if you believe. He will heal you. You just believe. And that's all there is to it. It's a free gift. It's without cost. Hope you've never done that. You did. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your generous gift to us on the cross. Thank you that you are the one who didn't have to, but you came to heal us. And that healing is eternal. And we want to thank you that you were willing to do that because without you, we would not only not have any ever any physical or emotional healing, we would never be able to be healed spiritually. You are the great healer. We thank you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Stand, please. We're going to close out by singing just as I am. That's hymn number 342. We'll do verses 1 and 2. It's 342 out of the hymn.
Gracious Lord, we just thank you for um, this day, and thank you, Lord, for the service and the words that you gave us. Lord, I pray that you would go with us this week. Help us to hide your word in our heart and to uh, apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be good examples and good witnesses wherever we go this week, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.